Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblr's Century Club by Atwood Magazine, your weekly shot of what's new in music. Be sure to give both Atwood and Tunes and Tumblr's a like, subscribe, and follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Deezer, LinkedIn, and Parler find our hottest takes on that last one. I'm your host, Anthony, and this is our penultimate episode of season two, and it's been a wild ride. The writers clearly wanted to shake things up this year, and I have to say the results are mixed. Wildfires in Australia, the death of several cultural icons, a pandemic, a shit show of an election straight out of a wild Veep episode. I mean, pick a lane, guys. Come on. (laughs) But most importantly, your favorite podcast has survived. So let's raise a glass and put on those songs that we all love. This week, we're joined by friend of the pod, Curio Watts, who will be doing a DJ set for us at the end of the show. Plus, we have another session of Hashtag Mood, courtesy of a surprise return guest. Stick around after our discussion for those little treats. Of course, drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I invited my usual cohort to sit down and continue this little experiment of ours. And they are... Ryan, your music connoisseur. Pedro, your mixologist. Thanks for joining me, guys. Today is a bit of a special day. Pedro, can you tell our viewers what we're celebrating? The Immaculate Conception. Or right? more importantly, is, that, is, that what we're, is that what we're doing? Yeah, we're doing that. <laughs> but more importantly than the Immaculate Conception, it's the Immaculate what? Oh, the Immaculate Intoxication. <laughs> <laughs> so our Lord and Savior alcohol was born today or at least in our (laughs) lives um i'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later talking about our first drinks but right now i think it's time to make a pit stop at the news desk first more award season news the grammy nominations are in and they look much as expected dua lipa taylor swift and post malone are all in the running for album of the year along with critical darlings heim black pumas and Janae Aiko, and a surprise appearance by Coldplay for their experimental album Everyday Life. But a couple of notable snubs raised some eyebrows. Halsey was completely passed over for her acclaimed album Manic, and one of the world's biggest artists garnered not a single nod. Though he racked up Spotify's top streaming song of 2020 for Blinding Lights, is playing the Super Bowl next year, and released one of the most lauded albums of the year in After Hours, The weekend was completely shut out of music's biggest night. The artist took to Twitter to express his displeasure at being looked over by the Grammys' voting body. He wrote, quote, The Grammys remain corrupt. You owe me, my fans, and the industry, transparency. He may not have gotten the transparency he wanted, but in an apparent F.U. to the Recording Academy, He released a collab of Blinding Lights with pod-favorite Spanish artist Rosalia. The core of the song remains the same, but the track now kicks off with Rosalia singing in Spanish and ends with her singing in harmony with the chorus. Accolades aside, The weekend's momentum isn't slowing down in the slightest. But what do you guys think about this? Any other snubs come to mind that continue to erode the Grammy's credibility? Uh, Once again, Longmont Potion Castle was not nominated. (laughs) Aaron not, Carter gets constantly snubbed as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, what other stories do y'all have for us today? This is a very important story that I'm happy to bring to you all. It comes from NME. <laughs> uh, Drake has launched a scented candle that smells like him. 
Drake has launched his <laughs> own official line of scented candles, including one that is actually said to smell like the wrapper. According to Revolve, the company he teamed up with on the design, the $80 candle gives off a smooth musk fragrance. It's introspective, as in an interpretation of your beautiful self, yet extrovertive as how you would want others to see your bold and brilliant self. God, that made my head spin. The scent of the candle <laughs> called Carby Musk is said to feature oh, notes of God. musk, ambers, cashmere, suede, and velvet. Actually smells like Drake. It's the personal fragrance he wears. When burning the candle, Drake even suggests playing the album that inspired the entire project, Midnight, live in Eugene. However, <laughs> fans who haven't purchased a design may find themselves disappointed. Carby Musk has since sold out. Instead, they can purchase one of four other fragrances, including Sweeter Tings, Williamsburg Sleepover, <laughs> Good Thoughts, and Muskoka. And uh, I hate everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> It's called Carby Musk, right? So is there like <laughs> hints of pasta and bread in there somewhere? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> is it gluten-free? It, it should be. I think at some point I'd like to know maybe what your guys' candle scents would smell like. Maybe we should put out a poll or a survey out there. <laughs> well, we'll have to work on that for our final episode. Mm. That story makes yeah. me think, though, of like... You know, like vanilla-scented trash bags. They don't really make anything smell better. They just add a layer of gross to everything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, wow. <laughs> what do you have for us, Pedro? Uh, I have a story about another Drake. Drake Bell has been many things over the years. A Nickelodeon star, allegedly an abusive boyfriend, and now a Spanish singing sensation. Back in 2019, Bell, uh, sorry, Campana posted a picture of a Mexican ID with an address in Mexico and, of course, the name Drake Campana. At the time, it was just sort of seen as a playful joke because of his big Latin American following. Drake's 2006 album, It's Only Time, did very well in Latin America, and Campana has said the fans there have become his strongest base. But recent posts from Campana in, in the last few months have stirred up some more attention and he's begun tweeting in Spanish and even posted a cover uh, of La Camisa Negra originally by Juanes. And I, I have to say, it's actually really good. Um, I liked it. But um, yeah, needless to say, this is one of 2020's top 10 weirdest occurrences. Um, a lot of people have just sort of recently uh, taken notice of all this, although it seems to have been going on for a while. Uh, it seems like he's been planning on doing this for a bit. Um, it's pretty bizarre, and it's, it's it's just very very interesting. Me and Ryan were talking about um, about it, and we've we've had plenty of discussions about Morrissey having a huge Mexican fan base. And Ryan was showing me some promo photos that Drake Gumbana has been putting out, and there are some definite similarities. Whoever his team is 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 definitely taking some notes from Morrissey. So, America now has two bells who wish they were born Mexican: Drake and Taco. Back to you, Anthony. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I kind of feel like that whole story was just a setup for that joke. It kind of was. I'll be honest. It's going to take some time to realign. <laughs> All right. God damn it. <laughs> and realigning might look like aping Morrissey's entire appearance and, and fleeing to um, a country south of the border to <laughs> start fresh. Oh, God. Yeah. Drake, Drake is the like... sun and the air to Morrissey. This has been another news week full of newsalicious news, but I think it's time we got to the show. Ryan, what's on our plate today? So today we are listening to Body, a single from Megan Thee Stallion's brand new and debut studio album, Good News. Released in late November of this year on 300 Entertainment, it features appearances from Beyonce, DaBaby, and Young Thug, amongst many others. Well, I don't know if we're ready for this. Imagine if this song came out in pre-pandemic times when clubs were open for business. Uh, I think it's, I mean, listening to it, it's simply too powerful. My and God. oddly <laughs> enough, I think Missy Elliott would be very proud of Megan. Mm -hmm. um, and Lil' Kim, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But Pedro, do you have a shot that's up to snuff with this vial of volatile twerk fuel? I mean, let's face it. This song is all about the TNA, and that is the name of our shot today. Wow. Um, it's very straightforward. So it's triple sec, some Amaro liqueur, 
And we're going to throw in some peach puree in honor of Megan's glorious curves we all love her for, um, as well as her talent. So yeah, that's a TNA. God, I really love want that. one. Damn. <laughs> I'm just sitting in my apartment sipping tea because that's all I have. Well, you're halfway <laughs> there. <laughs> we are, hopefully. I mean, these uh, vaccines have come out, but we will see if they actually do anything. Uh, I'm trying not to think of it. Uh, cheers, gents. Cheers. Cheers. So Megan the Stallion, she has really blown up this year. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, I remember hot was Hot Girl Summer. Do y'all remember Hot Girl Summer? Oh yeah, like it was yesterday. I even wrote that on. I do my year end list of the thirty best songs of the year, and that was on there somewhere. I think it might have been in the teens, maybe early twenties. I don't know, but it was very good. And it seems like her momentum isn't slowing at all. Tell me, when did you first start seeing Megan everywhere? Hot, hot Girl Summer, like you said, I think. That mixtape, I think, was when I really started to hear about her. And I love the name. I love the the stallion in there. kind of reminds me a lot of those, like the trend of 60s garage rock groups, you know, the this, yeah. the that, the OCs. I think I really first started taking notice with the the whole Savage trend. And then Beyonce did a remix. And I think that was probably where, where she really... uh came into the spotlight for me anyway yeah that's really where i got on board with megan i put her song b-i-t-c-h on my running playlist at the start of the pandemic and it's just kind of snowballed i really like her collaboration with beyonce on savage i think that beyonce adds a lot without taking away from megan it's kind of like a team up there's that line that Beyonce says, I'm a bad bitch. She's a savage. No comparison here. So it's like double teaming the listener, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Like, it's not like a, it's not a competition. It's not Beyonce taking over the song. It's like WAP. It's just a good duo coming at you. I feel like that's her, and that encapsulates her philosophy, really, or her approach, really, which has kind of been, there's enough room for everyone, you know? And it's natural to want to be the best and we can all we can all get there. And I think she says, I can't be mad at the next uh the next girl for wanting to be the best. Why would I get mad at you for saying you're the baddest? Why can't we both agree that we're bad and we just be that? I love that. I think that that collaboration encapsulates that in a big way. Especially since like there's always so much uh like whenever people are talking about two artists in this in a, like a similar vein, like it's always who's better than the other. There's never there's never room for both. So I'm glad like I I like her her perspective on that. Yeah, she's resisting this this tendency of I think many in the press to try and create rivalries and feuds. Mm-hmm. And she's just sort of like, eh, you know, why? <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of WAP, I was thinking about this a lot, but there are a lot of club songs coming out in quarantine. I mean, WAP is the big one, Savage is another, and Body. You know, these are songs that would just kill in that scene. I think I saw this tweet where someone says, I'm glad that this didn't come out pre-pandemic because we don't need that many main characters on the dance floor. (laughs) (laughs) But it's very interesting that this is the time where these artists are releasing this. I get very heavy Missy Elliott vibes from Body in particular. What do you make of this trend that we're seeing right now? Do you think that we're going to remember this when things finally start opening back up? We're, yeah, we're going to have so much like backlog of, of club music. They're going to have to like add a couple hours to the <laughs> to before closing so that we can get it all in. That's a good question. I Probably not, actually. I mean, it's probably people are probably continuing to release club and dance type songs mostly due to TikTok. That's probably the main thing that would make somebody, like, would encourage someone to release something like that during this time. That's true. She talks about quarantine. She, like, references quarantine in her lyrics, which is really funny. I feel like a lot of the lyrical references here are, like, snapshots of trends of 2020. Like, she references Carol Baskin, which feels like an eternity ago. And, yeah, honestly, I mean, I'm doing what a lot of people are probably going to do, which is add it to a playlist for, you know, like, a party playlist. And hopefully yeah. it survives. But as long as people are releasing music at breakneck speed, I don't know. I hope this one endures. I feel like it really is designed for a for a club or a strip club, certainly. But I think Megan, I like, thinking about I think Megan the Stallion, though, like she's she's constantly moving forward. Like I don't think even she's gonna linger too long on this. You know what I mean? She'll let it have its moment, and then it'll be the next thing with her. 
Right. Yeah. And I think it's very surprising that this is only her first album. I feel like she's kind of had this, like you said, constant forward momentum. And I kind of wonder, like, yeah, Ryan, music is being released at breakneck speed. I cannot even keep up anymore the way I used Mm -hmm. to, where I just download about 20 songs a week and I feel like I'm on top of things. Mm -hmm. Do you think that quarantine has kind of exacerbated this need for artists to just constantly release? That's kind of hard to say. I've heard different artists talk about different philosophies and approaches. Some people have tried to delay their releases for 2021, but it seems like some are just like, let's just get it. Let's just get it out there. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of tired of just like sitting on it and just want it to be out there. And it's so hard to know kind of what, how people are going to react to things, right? It's like either this is going to fly under the radar or it's going to have a lot of listens because everyone's at home and they're before listening more. But I think the pandemic's shown that many people feel burnt out. So it's really hard to say. People have tried to predict things, but the trends are anything but clear in terms of how people are listening and such. I think it might also uh, like depend on the audience, right? Like it was mentioned earlier, like, you know, she's she's got a big TikTok like presence. And with TikTok, like these trends last one, two weeks. And so they I, I mean, seems like maybe her audience needs uh needs more uh content uh faster. Whereas other artists might be able to just take their time trying to think of notable examples of artists that have delayed their albums i know that lady gaga did for a while before we Mm -hmm. got chromatica and the killers pushed back their album too but those are i think artists that already have an established fan base that Mm -hmm. kind of come from a time before spotify where their fans kind of lingered on music or they relied on steadily growing radio play that took like six to nine months to happen yeah (laughs) um i kind of wonder because it doesn't seem like radio is dropping off and ryan maybe you could speak to this a little more it feels like there are just two ways to listen to music that are kind of alongside one another you have spotify which is just stream 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 put out put out put out And then there is the album artists that, you know, kind of started tapering off toward the start of the 2010s. Is radio still as big as it used to be, or at least still competitive? Yeah, I think radio still is a major component, and people still um, compete quite a bit to be on it. It still has a large influence and, um, and will continue to be, I think. I think that still drives a lot of um, a lot of trends and such. I, I think we're in uncharted territory a little bit here. This is streaming is still a growing industry. We still don't know where it's going to go or what the end game really is. You have these artists like Little Nas X, and you have um, like Pow Fu, all of these guys who got famous on TikTok. I mean, maybe. Lil Nas X wasn't or was it TikTok? Yeah, that right. The oh the, yeah, because the, the, the Yeehaw, the Yeehaw challenge? challenge. Yeah, God, we're going way back into the vault with that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it seems like there are constant evolving ways to make an immediate impact, mm-hmm. and these artists aren't really pursuing radio play to that much of an extent, even as older ones do. Um, when was the last time y'all listened to the radio? I listen to the radio pretty often. I mean, I listen to it in the car. I do a lot of my discovering through kind of local college radio. KXLU down here is great. I still tune into KCRW. And they still have influence, I think, you know. And um, if you don't want to, you know, eat up your data, radio is just an easy way to do it. And there's something nice about, I don't know, I found radio kind of nice during the pandemic. If I've ever had to drive, there's something nice about being able just to sort of let someone else curate that for you um so and i still discover a lot of great stuff through that because in some ways i feel like speaking to your point anthony i feel fairly burnt out in terms of new music and keeping up with things so it's sort of nice to pass the reins to someone else and let them curate for me so i think in that way radio is still going to have influence like and a lot of the powers if it hasn't already, is going to shift to Spotify playlist makers. I think that's clear. And so, um, because, yeah, the barrier to entry to releasing music is lower than ever. 
but it's mm-hmm. harder than ever to make a lasting impact and compete for people's attention. Do you think the A&R industry, like the next generation of A&R people are going to be specifically those who are playlist savvy, the ones that know how to get placement on those uh, big Spotify playlists? Yeah, I think so. It's going to be a lot of those relationships for sure. It's probably already a big part of that field. It's probably already changed in that way. But yeah, it's going to, but a lot of it's still, it's still going to be the same traditional things. You know, you're trying to sign people who have long, who might have longevity and are in it for the long haul. So a lot of it's going to stay the same, but yeah, a lot of it's going to be, yeah, how will we, how will we get this in playlisting? Is this somebody who can, who's versatile, who can adapt, who can bring in multiple streams of revenue? Is this someone we could do a book deal with? How's their merch? How's, you know, how, how deep are they willing to go? <laughs> well, I can't wait for Megan the Stallion's book. <laughs> Megan the author. Megan the author. Oh, <laughs> yes. Ryan, you mentioned like being so burnt out on like new music and keeping up with it. Like it, it just made me think of like I I I kind of realized that when I got my Spotify like, you know, your your year in music 2020, right? <laughs> I think like 75% of it was not like not from this year. Like a majority of it was from like early 2000s maybe like you know more recent years but yeah like very little of it was current i guess you could say and i know that i listened to plenty of new music this year but i guess not enough to like make it onto a list of things that i was listening to constantly which is i just thought that was interesting it is interesting and that's probably a lot of things i feel like for me a lot of it was like catching up on stuff too like in some Mm. ways this has given me time to catch up from to catch up on 2019 <laughs> releases. Yeah. I think there's yeah, a lot of seriously. comfort, like comfort listening too, right? Definitely. Definitely. Like yeah. eating a lot of comfort meals and listening to stuff like it's, assurance, it's, stuff it's you almost, know that's going to make you feel good. Exactly. It's almost the same as like streaming TV shows and stuff. Like there's a whole list of things that I, like new stuff I haven't seen yet, but I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't have like the energy to give it attention right now. So I just keep watching stuff that I've seen a million times over and it's almost, it's almost the same with like music. I don't, I almost don't have the energy anymore to like, to really listen. So I'd just rather go back to the songs I already know and enjoy, I guess. Yeah. Ooh, man. Heavy stuff. Yeah, seriously. Um, But what I like about this album's kind of interesting. I thought because it, this goes for body and, and many of the songs on this album, they don't really seem to be necessarily conforming to all the uh trends in the rap world currently like Mm. a lot of the stuff is even like very throwback you know there's the the girls in the hood song there's um like these songs samples these songs sample like tons of songs from the late 90s early 2000s i want to like call out this particular song because it's just in the licensing world it's considered what's called a clearance nightmare um (laughs) the song uh circles on this album samples Jasmine Sullivan's Holding You Down, which sampled Nas, Mary J. Blige, and a couple other things. 24 writers wow. and 15 publishers. Damn. <laughs> wow, how did they make that happen? <laughs> That's a lot of, yeah. <laughs> well, even even with WAP, like that sample was really old. The the like I think it's Frank Ski, right? The there's some there's some more in this house. Like that's like an old 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 sample so she yeah she's she's sort of got a trend of doing that yeah and it's and you might not think it like she might just or whoever's producing it might think oh well i just grabbed that one song but that song had four or five un you know samples on it which yeah. each had then four <laughs> or five writers because they have yeah. the the writers from the original song yeah i do not envy whoever has to clear that <laughs> but i'm sure they're gonna have to i'm you know yeah <laughs> someone's got to clear it for it to be used so Seems though like Megan the Stallion is like worth it. She's worth the <laughs> she's sort of worth the headache at this point. Yeah. And that's what you want. You want to get to that point where people have to work around you. No yeah, matter what exactly. it takes, people have to put in the work to to use your material to make you happen, you know, you drive you drive it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what that's what a lot of artists strive for. It's a big down payment too. You have to really <laughs> believe in these artists. Mm-hmm. 
Totally. I mean, she. I mean, she's definitely proved she's she's worth believing, and I think she's she's got the listeners. She's got the people who are into it. So. There's one more question I want to ask before we switch gears here. We were talking a lot about samples. We're talking about collaboration. And she's still very early in her career, Megan is. Mm -hmm. So what would you guys like to see as a future Megan Thee Stallion collaboration? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I'd like to see uh, Big Freesia in there from New Orleans. She's great. I loved her on that Kesha song that came out either last year or a couple years ago, um, Raising Hell. That was, I oh, think, yeah. like a, a standout from that album. Yeah, I think there's probably a, a 100 Gex collaboration in the pipeline. I'm not sure that I want that, but I imagine... <laughs> uh... But you'll get it and you'll like it. <laughs> Listen, I think I, 100 I Gex think is like... the music of the future. We can't fight it. <laughs> this is fair. I think I'd like to see a collaboration with Missy. Like we were talking about, you know, Missy Elliott would be proud. And it, it, I think that would be a cool collaboration. Like with this song, it sort of reminded me of um, Missy's One Minute Man. There's a, there's a feature by a rapper named Trina. It sort of made me think of that. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. I think a collaboration between Megan and Missy would be dope. Let's get well, just wait. Orville Peck and Lavender County. Um, Dude. <laughs> That'd right? be that would something. Be something. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> it would certainly be something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a song. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not gonna knock it till I hear it. How about while we're at it, Los Tucanes de Tijuana, dude? Okay, but <laughs> okay, but that would be kind of sick. Like I could definitely see Megan like shaking it to some of that music. Yeah, get La Chica sexy, chopped and screwed. Just read, yeah, no, or just redo. Um, she could just redo La Chona. There you go. I... That would be dope. Megan, um, just, you know, putting that in your suggestion box. Bring us on the team, the vibe curators. <laughs> yep. Yes, we, uh, we'll, we'll have a 10% finder's fee for that one. <laughs> there are people who have that job who get on the payroll of artists like Bieber who are, who are literally, I think the term is vibe curators, and they're just there to sort of, like, let you know what the trends are and let you know what to do and what not to do. Yeah, I want that on a business card, professional vibe checker. yeah i think i want to go in a different direction with mine i really want her to work with like one of those um early 2000s garage rock revival uh bands if you could get like jack white on a track with her and do something like he did with alicia keys but better i think that might be like a completely different vibe that might be fun you want to talk about like a like a strip club vibe that would be right there Icky thump, like an icky thump type thing with Megan oh. the Stallion on it. Oh yeah, that would be great. That'd be I wanna see awesome. I want some I want some footage of Anthony in the studio um <laughs> with like millennial pink dyed hair uh and his like vibe curator outfit saying, All right, here's what we're thinking, guys. We're thinking Jack, we're thinking your collaboration with Alicia Keys, but better. You know what I mean? <laughs> also if you could pass my card around to any of your friends that'd be great <laughs> i get paid to vibe check read the card <laughs> i'm gonna say this jack your vibe it's not slamming it's a little uh it's a little dusty a little the vibe's dusty. off the vibe's off and then i'll send my invoice to his people <laughs> five thousand dollars for that for that feedback <laughs> just to tell him that he's iffy god what a gig i would love you that could- like art, like a writer, like publications, like pay by the word. You you charge by the word too, <laughs> except you charge like a hundred dollars a word for your vibe curation advice. That's a good racket. Well, this has been quite the conversation, but I think it's time we switched gears a little. Who's ready for another thrilling round of hashtag mood? Down. Yes. For those of you joining us for the first time, hashtag mood is a game we like to play at the end of the show to test our playlist curation game. We take a mood from one of our fans via the Tunes and Tumblers hotline and try to match songs to it. They can be anything from It's a Rainy Day in L.A. to Your Estranged Father Fred Durst Has Reentered Your Life and Made You the Sole Beneficiary of the Durst Estate. Who knows what kind of insanity lies in store for us. Drew, do you have a message for us? You have one new message. Hey, this is Cody Franklin calling at the wonderful behest of Ryan. I would love to leave my mood for you guys. So here we go. 
imagine that you are at your dad's barbecue, and that's very important. And you're the one grilling, <laughs> and everyone's there. All your best friends, your family member, your crush, and everyone's got the floaties out, those little weird tubes with the horse head that you float on in the pool. And you're going to light up that grill because you really want to get those burgers cooking, and you got some sweet flavored hot links on there that you want to get really, really well cooked and prepared so you can see that meat just kind of glistening. And you go to flip on those burners and get that going. And all of a sudden you realize that you got a propane tank and your burner's natural gas. <laughs> oh no. All right. On to part two. So <laughs> you guys are going to probably, maybe possibly use drinking examples. So here's, here's me. I was about, uh, oh, I was, 15, 16, I was just hanging out at home, pretty bored. A couple of friends were over. And I thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool to, to go and do some adult things and have some liquor. So I went into the liquor cabinet and I grabbed out the coolest bottle I could find, which of course was a bottle of 151. And having never drank before, I said, you know what? I'm going to go for it. So I did about a five, 10 second pull from that. And then I just oh went God. around and I went chasing my friends through the house. And uh, yeah, I acted really really maturely for my age <laughs> wow that was a great two-parter and i think it's good because we didn't get a chance to talk about our immaculate inebriation or intoxication <laughs> so i think for this one let's go around and pick a song for part one and then just like get into it a little bit let us know what your first drink was so who would like to take that first i can go so the song I picked for the grill problem uh, is a song with a, a nice funky bass intro. So I feel like, you know, you're walking, you're walking out to the grill, you got your food, you're feeling good, you're about ready to just, you know, be the man of the house. And then suddenly you realize that the gas is only natural by Hello Goodbye. And it just ruins your whole day. And your grill mm -hmm. plans are are shot, and you look like an idiot. Um, so yeah, it's only natural by Hello Goodbye is my choice for that. Um, and then let's see an early drinking memory. Uh, I remember when I was younger, uh, many many moons ago, I I had like a similar uh experience as Cody, where I saw a handle of uh Jose Cuervo gold sitting on a table at a party. And for some reason decided that it would be a great idea to just chug it. And I started to. And people were watching. Crowd formed. And I was chugging it for quite a while. I couldn't say exactly how long. Um, I don't recommend it. Um, yeah. All I remember is I did, I did that. I put the handle down. I went to the living room to go dance. And then I woke up. And that's, I guess, well... It's kind of a memory, but I can't remember most of it. That being said, don't do it. It's a bad idea. You're going to want to remember your fun nights. So, yeah, don't uh, don't drink, especially if you're underage. Yeah, or at, that. Or, or at least don't chug tequila. You know, if you're going to drink and you're of legal age, do it. Do it responsibly, for God's sake. In fact, make yourself one of the cocktails that we have provided here on Tunes and Tumblers. You'll have a much better experience. Guaranteed. It sounds like everyone's stories so far, they were inspired to do some strength, you know, activity like Cody's jumping up and down or chasing people around. You're dancing and then just pass out. You've like reverted mm -hmm. to <laughs> ch mm -hmm. to childhood. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> we don't make good decisions when we're young, do we? <laughs> well, I will go. So I want to um, commit the sin of picking two songs because I feel like this really called for two parts. So first one. When Cody was describing this scene here, I immediately thought of Another Barbecue by People Under the Stairs. Rap group. Woke up feeling good, so it's thanks I give. I never been shot, never did a bid. Lovely day, I feel like Bill Withers. And the chorus, you bring the beef and I bring the brew. Oh, shit. Another barbecue. <laughs> so um, that really set the scene to me, you know. But obviously this, this uh, has taken a really taken a turn. Cody seemed to hint at a father-son relationship that might be tortured or have some some history there. It sounds like the uh, the protagonist really wants to impress their dad with this barbecue, but they've obviously fucked it up completely, getting the gas wrong and not being able to do this. Horrible. 
I mean, if I was a father, I would completely disown my son. I would <laughs> oh shove him God. in the pool, embarrass him in front of everyone. Just kidding. But um, I say this would take a turn, and I want to include the a just surreal and strange version of Cats in the Cradle, the Harry Chapin song. <laughs> <laughs> Classic father-son uh, uh, cry song. I want to do the version done by uh, Celtic Thunder. <laughs> because it just feels like the strangest and most surreal and disorienting version given the circumstances. And that's the feeling <laughs> when you're ready to grill, you ha- you're feeling great. And then all of a sudden it all comes crashing down like thunder. Oh, I and like um, my drinking memory. So early drinking memory I have also involves Hope's Jose Cuervo. Um, I believe it was after a winter formal dance. I do remember this dipshit from Tahanga who ended up at this after party <laughs> who told us that, Tequila root beer was the best combo. So it was the only combo really worth having. And I believed him. And so I tried that and thought, well, boy, this isn't working. We'll have another. <laughs> and then fast forward to me um, dropping an F-bomb on every single person of authority in my life uh, in the backyard. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, not great. Not great. No one really has any fun stories, do they? They're like kind of funny but sort of tragic. Like this barbecue. <laughs> about you, Jesus. Anthony? <laughs> I think it's great that I'm bringing up the rear here because, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, uh, we've already established that the grill isn't working. Um, we're trying to get to the barbecue and all of a sudden our plans are ruined. And I think the logical conclusion is I Go Hungry by Mother Mother. Um <laughs> Yeah, but not just me, everyone at the barbecue. And this is unrelated, but I really think the lyrics of this song are odd. Um, It goes, I got a date on Friday, not going to eat anything till then. I'm going to look so skinny, she'll want to feel my bones against her skin. So, (laughs) Wow, love that. Yep, so maybe, maybe we're turning this into a good thing. Like, yeah, sure, the barbecue's not happening but at least i'm going to be nice and bony for my for my so date on monday skinny <laughs> so skinny and everyone's craving see. meats and affection <laughs> <laughs> but you can't have both apparently <laughs> so i want to reiterate that tunes and tumblers in no way endorses underage drinking this is a show or, for or not eating eat eat yes, food is good for eat. you <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that song is written satirically. But for me, this was also an underage drinking story. And it's my first drink I ever had. I was a goody two shoes in college. And I uh, I liked that about myself. I, I don't know why. But <laughs> <laughs> I wanted my very first drink to be with my dad when I turned 21. And I was holding out until a girl that I liked invited me over to day drink in the afternoon. And I'm like, well, shit, I have no argument against that. It's like my, my willpower fell immediately. This was, like a really, this was a really noble story right up until then. <laughs> <laughs> I am only human. And so I got there and she's like, do you like Corona? And I'd never had a Corona. I'm like, yeah, I love Corona. <laughs> And uh, I will say that uh, the first time you drink a beer, it is the worst thing you've ever tasted in your life. And Disagree. I, yes. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, for me, it was the worst thing I'd ever tasted, but I just kept chugging it down because I'm like, I really want this girl to like me. I really want it. Um, nothing happened. And I had wasted my first drink. Or, so not only, well, not only do we not endorse underage drinking kids, don't. Do it to impress other people. Yes. And then I played beer pong the next weekend for the very first time, and I was so bad at it that I had to sit under the table for the second round. Oh, you had to troll? Yes, I had to troll. I I trolled. I had no idea what I was doing. This is how we learn. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing those stories with us. And unfortunately, it's come time to say goodbye. But before we do, any lingering thoughts about Megan Thee Stallion? about powerful club songs, about becoming a vibe checker professionally. Well, I do want to extend a thank you to Mr. Cody Franklin for that message. Lots to work with there. 
and would encourage you to check out his band, Ran Aground. Folks might remember Cody from a previous episode where we talked about gin, and um, and he brought some some wonderful samples from the distillery he uh, previously worked at. So thank you to him. Thank you, Cody. I hope Megan will be around to make homecoming dances incredibly inappropriate for years to come. <laughs> yeah, I hope she makes... Yes various chaperones very uncomfortable for years to come like you said <laughs> yeah. um i would say a lesson to take away from her and why she's sort of this interesting model is that she's been enrolled in college throughout the pandemic she's been like finishing up at texas southern university getting a degree in health administration and wants to become an administrator at a hospital and use the money she gets from rapping to open that and just let her classmates run it which is mm, pretty pretty that. noble goal i think that's amazing and yeah always have a backup folks if you can i guess there's a lesson for that you know yeah i'm also enrolled in school during this pandemic but i definitely can't fund it with my rap career <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late also i would like to say uh, because I forgot to earlier, that if you'd like to leave us a mood of your own, you can DM us on Instagram or leave us a voicemail at 626-604-6477. Not only will we play your voice on the show, but you can hear Drew's sweet velvet voice on our outgoing message. And as far as Megan, I think you guys covered it pretty admirably. I cannot wait to see what happens when the world opens back up and everyone gets to hear these songs in the club for the very first time. It will be pandemonium. Yeah, true. Truly. I want to hear uh, Thundercats' Dragon Ball do-rag. I want to hear that with, uh, <laughs> with a Megan Thee Stallion song there. Maybe she'll do a freestyle because she's such Hell a big yeah. anime fan. Hell yeah. Love oh, yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. If you want to try your hand at making today's pairing, be sure to tag at Tunes and Tumblers in your post and we'll feature you on our story. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Before we go, we have a little slice of dessert for you. We're joined by DJ and friend of the pod, Curio Watts, purveyor of bedroom beats and lo-fi treats. He's here to give us a little mix of our own for you to take into the rest of your week. So without further ado, help me raise a glass to Curio Watts. Cheers. 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 Hi, Tunes and Tumblers. Thank you guys so much for having me. I am Curio Watts. I would describe myself as a singer-songwriter, producer, beat maker, bartender. You know, that day job, that money maker. <laughs> um... I live in Los Angeles, California, and I make songs and beats in my bedroom. I've been making these uh, grapefruit margaritas that are just absolute favorite. It's nothing mind-blowing or revolutionary, but it's good every single time. Uh, I'm just talking, you know, a lot of, of tequila. I'm talking a little bit of lime juice because primarily I want the fresh squeezed grapefruit. <laughs> uh, you know, I use simple syrup. I like it a little bit on the sweeter side. That grapefruit is pretty, pretty tart. Uh, and then I'll shake that up. Pour it over some fresh ice and top that baby off with a float of Grand Marnier. Like <laughs> Problem is I'll get, I'll get everything I need for that. And I just can't stop drinking them. But you gotta have the sugar rim. If you don't have the sugar rim with the tart, even if you put the little sugar in the drink, like it's better for it to be a little bit tart and you just all on the rim of the glass. <laughs> Hold on, I'm being weird. <laughs> okay, last thing I wanna talk about is new music. 2021, I'm gonna have a ton of releases. I'm gonna be incorporating uh my own vocals other vocalists my first single is going to be uh, called warm and comfortable and it's a very much ch sleepy chill lo-fi but with uh singing on there 
and I'm super looking forward to releasing it uh, and letting Curio Watts uh, evolve. You can hear my music on uh, all major streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, yada, yada, yada. You can also find me on Instagram at Curio Watts. I have put together a uh, mini mix of a bunch of my tunes to play for you guys here today. And uh, if you stick around to the very end of it, you will get a little sneak peek of uh, Warm and Comfortable, which will be out next year. Thanks a lot, you guys. Here we go. It is an impossible phenomenon. 